Hello and welcome to Doing Time, where humans talk about their experiences in a psych ward. Today we have guest Dominic. How are you? I'm doing okay. How are you? Good. Thanks. Is my level okay? Yeah. We no, don't have good. headphones, so I'm no. <laughs> <laughs> I was just talking about that. Yeah. Um. So my first question I always ask on the show is, how much time have you done? And that means like in a psych ward, mental health facility, um, therapy, that kind of stuff. Well, um, I've been in therapy for over five years. Okay. Um, I was inpatient for a good four weeks. Wow, okay. And then I was in an outpatient program for um, quite a few weeks after that. So Mm -hmm. um, when I decided I needed more help Mm -hmm. than... um, than the place I was at, mm-hmm. um, I went to go inpatient, and um, to be honest, my wife and I thought we I was going to be in a day program. Mm. It was a big shock um, when I went uh, inpatient to the second floor. Gotcha. So... So um, were you at a hospital then? I was in a hospital. I was... And you were just getting, like, evaluated to see, like, if you can go to a day program or what? Yeah. Um, okay. So, I had a plan okay. to um, complete the act of suicide. Mm-hmm. And that's something I speak very freely about. Mm-hmm. And especially since, um, I think, does this drop on Friday? Yeah, usually. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, Saturday, the mm-hmm. 23rd, will be um, the official title of the 23rd mm-hmm. is... Um, Survivors of Suicide Lost Day. Okay. Um, So I did have a plan, Mm -hmm. and um, I I, I think we should also mention that I'm not a comedian. Most of your Mm -hmm. guests have been stand-up comedians. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, most of them. I think the the difference is that um, I do know Curtis at Laugh Factory, Mm -hmm. and I asked um, if I could come on and share my story. I'm just really, I'm not... I'm not a life coach. I'm not a therapist. Yeah. Um, I'm just really someone that decided to go another day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had, I had a plan, and um, I could never really figure out how to go through with my plan without my wife um, finding me. And I mm. never wanted to put my wife through that. So was that kind of what stopped you? That was... That was the biggest thing that stopped me. Okay. But the uh, the better narrative of the um, of it would be um, the one day when I was like, you know, I I just can't take it, and mm-hmm. I I wanted to mention uh, for anyone who lost anyone. Um, Mm-hmm. out there um, who lost anyone to suicide um, where I was at at the time and I can only speak from my experience of course where I was at at the time um, once I went inpatient yeah it was diagnosed that I did have bipolar disorder okay uh, but my mindset was not proper at the time and we can get more into the conversation yeah um, so so when you say you're bipolar so you know <clears throat> obviously are you bipolar one or two uh, bipolar uh, two. Okay, so you're like l- a little less manic, manic and more depression. 
Okay, okay. So when you were planning to attempt suicide, were you in a depressive state? I was in a depressive state. Okay. And um, I was also at a point where, um, and I don't want to get too much on, in on this just so it doesn't take away from the story. Yeah. Um, I, I was at a point, too, where I thought I was being watched. Okay. Um, just so people out there understand that some point, at some point, maybe a loved one wasn't in the right mind. I can, again, I can only mm-hmm. speak from my own personal experience. Yeah, but even though you are speaking from your own personal experience, a lot of people have similar experiences, yeah. and that's like what yeah. you find out on the podcast. Like people keep bringing up the same themes over and over yeah. again, and I think that's super important to bring that up. Even yeah. though you are speaking from your yeah. own experience, but don't you know you yeah. don't have to be that careful in yeah. terms of like yeah you can go into whatever yeah. you want. So, um, you know, there was a van outside. I mm-hmm. thought that van was watching me. Um, there was yeah. a van outside. There, I thought there was, the van was watching me. Okay. And that. Uh, but it was like a. It wasn't like a reoccurring yeah, van, right? It was just a van that, okay, that was out okay. there that day. It was, okay. It was yeah. just a van out there that day. Gotcha. But I thought okay. that van was watching me. I yeah. thought the. Um, you know, I went out to get. I'm like, oh, I, I'm not doing self care. I need to go out and get something to eat. Mm-hmm. Now keep in mind, I was in therapy at this time, mm. uh, but I was not medicated at this time. Yep. Um. And then I went out to eat. Now, keep in mind the fashion at the time. And I, in therapy, I learned the tools for thinking better. Yeah, for um, sure. And, and processing this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that's one of the things that therapy yeah. teaches you and how to process these thoughts when they mm-hmm. come. Um, at the time, five years ago, big, thick, black rim glasses were, were the fashion in men. Mm-hmm. But... My mindset was that there were cameras in those glasses recording mm, me with the little like flip, the yeah yeah like, yeah. Like, yeah those yeah uh, so that uh, gotcha. okay. that's where I was yeah so that was the day when my wife came home that um, I said I need help and we need to go somewhere mm-hmm. more and that's fantastic yeah. did you. What made you tell her that you wanted more help? Because you were already getting therapy, right? So yeah. it, you could have just used the excuses yeah. like, oh, I'll get help from therapy, kind of keep doing the same thing. But usually it takes a big shift for somebody to... And so you're saying when you told her you needed help, that was the point where you went to the hospital, thought you were going to be an outpatient, but you weren't an inpatient, correct? Yeah, I, I thought okay. I would do like a day program right, right, right. to help yeah. build my tools. It's like a nine-to-five kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. So build your tool... Yeah, the yeah. toolbox. The yeah. toolbox. The, the great old toolbox. Um, so... Do you, what made you, uh, re, what shifted that you told her I needed help, right? So you could have gone yeah. through with it. And, it, you know, and that was, again, I, I never wanted to be um, something where she came home or had to get the news that this happened. Yeah. Um, she's just too... What's the language? What language can we use on this podcast? But oh, she's you just can, too, Oh, uh, no, yeah, you, no, you can say anything. Yeah, but she's just too special uh, <laughs> to me, and she's too amazing yeah. of a person. Oh, yeah. Um, I thought you meant special. The other, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, no, no. She's just too uh, my, my, you know, she's just too amazing of a person. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's, you know, my my folks are good too, mm-hmm. uh, and. And everyone, I mean, it's it. There's the quote. I want to botch it, but 
I, I, I didn't want to leave everyone else in the wake. Of course. Of, of this act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, it, yeah. So, um, so we went, I did the evaluation, and, and Jenna was very much, very much, she goes, you just have to be honest with them. You have to tell them yeah. everything. Yeah. And, and I did. I told mm-hmm. them everything, and then they brought Jenna in, and they said, um, we're going to admit Dom. Mm-hmm. And then I said, well, do I have to? And then they said, yeah, well, you could go home, but we're going to come and get you. <laughs> okay, so yeah. I'm yeah. like, okay, well, let's They're go. Like, and, wherever you and, go, and, there they are. <laughs> and, I, and when they said that, I, was, I, I, I made the commitment to it full on. Really? Yeah. There wasn't, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, once, once I knew. So you really did want help then? Yeah. Okay. It, it you know the you know once once you know Jenna had um her, you know she was still processing it when they were admitting me yeah you know you know you know they take your belt they take your shoelaces they take everything yeah and uh, she was in such an emotional state mm-hmm. on the second floor that everyone else inpatient was very surprised <laughs> that. She was the one that left, and I was the one that stayed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that everyone, they, I, they all said, yeah, like, they're that, like, are you sure we don't? Wait, need what, why, yeah. why is he the one staying? Yeah, he exactly. Seems, yeah, he was, he was fine. <laughs> um, yeah. And I was, you know, and it, I was just, I, I was, I was kind of like, I don't want to use the phrase "in it to win it," but I was just, I was like, okay, this is where I need to be, right? And I fully on mm-hmm. committed to it, of course. And, and yeah, and how was your experience there? Like, what was it like? Because you were committed, right? Yeah. I, I, I compare it to this. You know, when I was on um, the second floor, mm-hmm. you know, if, 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 this, if it was Walking Dead, I was mm-hmm. kind of like Rick. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, okay, we're all in this together. We all got to pull together. You know, it's That's programs. Amazing. Let's all, I was the guy that walked down everyone's rooms like okay it's programs this is what we're yeah. here for right yeah well, let's all and i'm sure you got people who like weren't into it yeah there's some people that are like oh, i'd rather play a game right i'm like okay but this is but this is depression. what we're here for yeah <laughs> we yeah. gotta fix it yeah um <laughs> yeah so you know they called me the mayor oh um, yeah <laughs> that's kind of what you were yeah. though i mean yeah, yeah you're watching out for everybody that that was always great to have in, in the psych ward was yeah. one person who kind of was just, you're like oh i guess i have to go to group now but, and yeah. So, why do you think you were like that, though? I think it was just, um, I think I knew I needed people around me for support, too. Mm. And it was, I needed a community yep. for support. And I was, I've always been looking for a community. Yeah. Now, that mindset totally bit me in the ass when I went to the day program. Mm. Because the day program... Was it out of the hospital? The same, it was the same hospital, just on the first floor. Gotcha. Okay. The people that were in the day program didn't want someone with that mindset. Yeah. You know, they weren't. They wanted a little more laid back. They yeah. wanted, you know, and I, they they would give notes. You know, mm. oh well, Dominic's not sharing. Dominic wants us to talk more because I would mm. be like, okay, come on, let's go, let's. Let's so did you this. did you almost use that as a way to cope to not deal with your own stuff? I, I you know it was interpreted that when I was on the f- day program that I was using it to not deal with my programs, and I got right. put into like the nurse ratchet program <laughs> of the day program. Okay. 
So, um, that was, so I was always like, oh, I loved, I loved Inpatient. Right. And then, right. and then day program. Yeah. I was, I so you, was put yeah. in the. So you did have a good experience in the psych ward. And that yeah. is something to, to talk about too, because it's like, there are people who have bad experiences. I've yeah. had both for sure. Um, but not all bad, you know, cause sometimes yeah. like I had, like I had a bad experience in Denver, but there were some yeah. highlights that I had yeah. that were good in, in the psych ward. Um, but I mean, it, it is an important thing to stress that since you are kind of ripped away from your family, like yeah. you're ripped away from your wife and you go into this place where everybody's yeah. in a bad state and then you have to relate to them when you're all in a bad state. It's just a yeah. very, so I think it's really cool that you tried to like yeah. make a camaraderie out of it. Cause you're like, you might as well just get the best yeah. out of it, which is great. Um, so do you think that what, what do you think to explain to people? Cause I kind of know the, the answer, but what do you think shifts when you go from inpatient to day program? Like, why do you think people are more laid back and like different almost? In the, um, I think some people are, I think inpatient is more of a survivor mentality mm. where, you know, when I say it was like, you know, the zombie apocalypse, walking dead, some people, this is their, their last chance and right. stuff like that. Some people, they got, you know, you know, and the, um, but day program, when you're in day program also, it's, um, it's a little more school. Day mm -hmm. program is, um, also when you're in, um, inpatient, you're adjusting mm -hmm. to your meds. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. We talk about that all the time. Yeah. That they're literally just there to like prescribe you stuff so that yeah. you can get out and yeah. But but it does help though, right? Because you yeah. said that you were going to therapy, but you didn't feel that's yeah. partly how I ended up in the hospital. Yeah. I got off all my meds, yeah. and I was just like a basket case. Like yeah. I was just a wreck twenty four seven. Like like I was appearing yeah. fine because I was doing yeah. Division One and going to school, but my head was like exploding, and yeah. that's part of the reason like why I honestly liked going to the hospital because I got prescribed stuff. Yeah, to help me. Like I did get the right medication. But you are there just to do that, and they don't really care. Yeah. As far as like anything past that goes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you, so you think? Why do you think the day program is a little bit more chill? Um. You said it was more just like, sur like inpatient survivor, and then day patient. What would you equate that to? Day patient is. Day patient. Everyone. I felt everyone had their own thing that they were going, for. And everyone's dealing on their own stuff, right? As opposed to a group thing, so you're not looking for a community mm -hmm. in day patient. Mm -hmm. um, so, hundred percent, yeah. On that, and also after I did day patient, and I, and I, I was out for a week after like a good couple of weeks of the day patient. Mm -hmm. I was out, and then it discovered I had to go back inpatient again because the meds I was on wasn't working. Mm. So, and then okay. some people were like, wait, what are you doing back here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and for sure. They're like, um, I was just like, I, would, I just got to get my meds readjusted. Cause yeah. I, I was, and then you had to go through all the stuff that you have to go through yeah. in, in like the day they programs just and stuff. I didn't have to do the day program again. I just had to go in for adjustment, and you just... <laughs> Speaking uh, of hospitals, <laughs> yeah, you just have to be 
you know, very honest about how, you know, you're, you're going to be feel different when you're on meds, but you just got to be honest about how you actually feel. Right. Because there got to a point when I got back into my daily routine where it just became too much and it got to a point where I was just like, what I was on was just like left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. Mm, so like walking. very robotic. Yeah. No, just, did you feel like you had no affect? Yeah, and I just had to go in and, as, as, and my wife went in with me and as, as my doctor said, oh, when, when the family comes in, now I know there's... Right, there's yeah. like an issue, of course, yeah, yeah because you, yeah, yeah, 100%, yeah. So we... Um, he goes, well, we're going to go back in. You know, we, we need you to go back in mm-hmm. so I can monitor this. But, you know, he said, you, you know, you got if something wasn't working, you got to tell me. And I, said, yeah. well, I just thought it was because of all the work I was Are doing. Are you on one medication? or uh, At the time, I was on a ton of stuff. Now I'm down to two. Okay. Are you? What are you on? I'm on Topamax and Prestique. I'm on Prestique. Isn't that great? Yeah. It's Prestige. the best. Prestique is the best. I was, oh my God, that's hilarious. Okay, so I was on a similar medication called Effexor, very yeah. similar to Prestique, but instead of, there's like um, the norepinephrine yeah. reuptake and the serotonin reuptake, yeah. and usually meds are one of each, but yeah. Prestique is a combination yeah, of both. Prestique is the best. It is the best. It's yeah. the only medication that I've been on for over two and a half years where I can say like, I am the most stable I've ever been. Yeah. I'm on a mood stabilizer too, but yeah. that's like the main thing that does the heavy lifting. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's great. If anybody yeah. like is thinking about it, that's like a good one that had no side, no weight gain, no weight loss, like just yeah. nothing happened to me. Um, and then are you on another one? Topamax. Topamax. Is that, what is that for? Is that for mood stabilization? Or? One is, one is for mood stabilization and one is for the depression. That's what I'm on too. Are yeah. you on any sleeping medications? I was, were you uh, on? Abilify. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. I heard that can cause, like, um, what's the thing with your jaw? What's the thing that, like, like ticks almost? Yeah, I'm, I'm off it now. Okay. Just, uh, just to kind of get off not being on so much. Well, it's an antipsychotic, so it probably makes you tired. Yeah. That's what I'm on yeah. for. It sounds scary because it's yeah. called an antipsychotic, but I'm on Seroquel for sleep, and yeah. it helps me tremendously. Yeah. I used I was, to be on I tr- was on Seroquel also for a little while, too. Yeah, yeah, like in the day? No. It, okay. Because yeah. some people are like, I'm on it in the day, and I'm like, how do you function? Yeah. Like, I fall asleep right away. Yeah. Um, no, there was a point where we were getting ready for a trip, and Jenna was get, doing all my pills, and she was like, how many are you on? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I realized how many yeah. pills I was taking when I was sleeping at my boyfriend's, and he was, like, near my house, and he's like, yeah. I'll just go pick him up, and he had to FaceTime me my pill yeah. box. And he was like, what? How many? You have to get it for the yeah. night and the morning. Yeah. And I take, like, it's a lot. Yeah. I take, um, like, two Trileptol. It's my mood stabilizer. Yeah. At night, plus a Prestique. And then in the morning, I take another mood stabilizer and, like, a stomach medication yeah. thing. So I'm just, like, on a lot. And then sleeping pill at night. Yeah. So I'm, like, a, on a lot of stuff. And one of the reasons, even though I needed to be on meds, I was putting it off for so long. Mm-hmm. And why is that you know because i was afraid. time to share dog yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I was afraid mm-hmm. you know i was yeah. i was someone that i didn't drink and i don't you know i didn't drink a lot and i didn't okay. want to give in to you know i didn't you know for whatever not for whatever reason but yeah. i was you know you know i didn't tr- you know i don't know if it was the paranoia uh-huh. or not 
giving into and the yeah and most people here here's I'll my use this here's my as thing a point to get drink of water yeah so here's my thing is I think a lot of people assume that like they're like oh I don't want it to change yeah. my personality or whatever which is funny because it's like you're not it's not like when you take or when you smoke weed, you get high, right? Yeah. Or when you when you do a drug, you get high. Yeah. It's a drug that you kind. It's like taking CBD. Like you kind of notice just like a shift, and you're like, yeah. "Oh, I feel different." Yeah. But it's not like you're thinking different. Yeah. Or like when you're high, you get like sleepy. It's just yeah. you feel normal, but you don't feel like when most people when they're depressed feel like a weight is on them. Like yeah. you feel heavy. It doesn't make you feel like that. Yeah. It just makes you feel yeah. Quote unquote. And it's normal. done under a doctor's care, so someone looking out for you mm-hmm. so yeah it was done much later than it needed to be and uh, I'm reaping the benefits of now going into it so yeah life could have been better earlier on mm-hmm. if I had gone for it and, and how long have you been on this like current cocktail uh, yeah that's the thing it's a, a very delicate cocktail so mm-hmm. it was like you know uh, the current cocktail I'm on, I've been on for a good... Uh, <laughs> you still use a current cocktail. The current cocktail has been about a good uh, year. Okay, yeah, cool. So. Yeah. I've had... I don't know if you've had that. How long have you been on meds for, though? Good five years. Okay. So, see, I've see, I've been on a little longer than you. Yeah. I'm, yeah. And I... I mean, there has been times where, like, I thought one was the one... Like, I was on Cymbalta for, like, two and a half years, and then it just stopped working. Like, I felt like it was just, I would go up and then go down, and they're like, we don't know. Like, and I think I read something about a refractory period and how, like, you can take medication for, like, two and a half years, and then it can just stop. Yeah. And then I switched. And now this is my current, like, so has that ever happened to you? Where you used one for a while, and then it didn't work? You know, I've taken, I've peeled stuff away. Mm, Okay. But I've never had, I've never been in the experience yet where one has stopped working. Okay. So when you were, so I want to ask you a question, because I I don't, there's not, people know bipolar one and bipolar, mostly bipolar one, right? So that's the one where it's stereotypical, like a lot of mania, a lot of depression. Um. Uh, so, so you knew you were you needed help when you were depressed. And yeah. what are your manic states like? Like when you're when you have more like of that up, do you know you're? Because when you were depressed, you you said you 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 were self aware yeah. enough to know, right? Yeah. So what what is that state like? Um, manic when it when the manic comes on, it gets a little scary. It's kind of like being on a horse you can't quite get off of. Hmm. Is how I would describe okay. it. You know, you, you're just kind of riding it, but you're the horse also. Does mm, that... So you're in full control of everything. And... No, no, you're you're not. You know, it's a bronco that you're. Okay. Maybe that's a terrible analogy. No, that's my okay. Friend, my friend T needs, says I need to work on my analogies. <laughs> um, it's just kind of like you know, you're you're. You ever babysit a kid, and you give them soda pop, and the parents say, "Don't give them soda pop." Yeah. It's just and like you give that, them like... soda pop, and then they're like, "Oh my God, now I gotta deal with this kid." Mm-hmm. You're that kid. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. that's what the, the manic is like, and you know, and you can't quite listen to yourself as you're trying to calm yourself hmm. down with the manic state and the hyperness and okay. everything like that. Okay. We are back from break. Hello. Hello. Um, Dom just brought me a journal, which is really sweet. Thank you so much. And this book. Okay, 
So per recommendation. Okay. Right? Yes. It's, okay. Uh, Man Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Okay. So, Over 2 million copies sold. Wow. Yep. Uh, Viktor Frankl yep. is, um, this is a book that when I was in the day program my mm -hmm. therapist gave me, uh -huh. and I found it extremely helpful, and I find it extremely helpful to turn back to. Mm -hmm. um, so Viktor Frankl was a survivor of the Holocaust. What? Yes. Um, and he writes about how he found <coughs> that the people that were um, in um, the atrocity, yeah. but still had a task that they found meaningful, were able to get through that horrendous time. Yeah. So, <laughs> you saying my life is like the Holocaust? No, 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 no not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I'm joking. But this is really cool. I think he's a psychiatrist. He's a psychiatrist. Wow. Um, his message is that, and this gets paraphrased if you saw the movie City Slickers with Curly's one thing. I've never, I've never seen it. I know. I got old I'm references. No, I got really old references. I'm, <laughs> if you if you when go people, online, you'll see gray in my beard. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, that. If you choose something meaningful mm -hmm. as opposed to chasing happiness, you'll find life more rewarding. Wow, that that's interesting. Too many people go after trying to find happiness, mm. and and uh, and uh, that's real. I really yeah. like that. That's yeah. really interesting because I feel like, especially as a comedian, I don't know if you you know because you're friends with Curtis. Like yeah. I feel like our goals are like credits, getting on yeah. TV, yeah. like getting a good t like. Type 5, type 10, whatever, 30, 60. But in reality, you know, because if you want to be famous or whatever, every, you know, everybody has different yeah. goals. But in reality, like, the meaning is, like, I want to be good at something, right? Yeah. But could... what we don't – but we, I don't focus on that. Yeah. I'm just, like, I need to do this to do this to get booked here to get booked here. Yeah. Like, so I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Because for me, that is more just, like – it's more for me, like, comedy is just, like, a fulfillment of I know I'm good at something, doing what I love and stuff like that, but I don't focus on that enough. I focus on like external motivation, yeah. which is easy when you're trying to make an audience laugh, you yeah. know, because it's like all external. It's based on other people. So, and and so, what would that be for you? Like, why? Like, why did this help you specifically? Well, when I learned that I wasn't going to return to the job I had at the time, yeah, um, I um, started volunteering at a bunch of places mm -hmm. and looking for what would be meaningful in a new career hmm. uh, for me. And yeah. so I volunteered at a bunch of uh, places and tried to see what would be the best place for a new type of career. Yeah. And I just kind of used that as, you know, a litmus test, you know. Okay. When you, you know, to take it to comedy, right. how many times do you hear stories about comedians that say, you know, I was kind of, you know, in the 90s doing the main type of scene, and then I kind of broke away and kind of was focusing on material that meant more to me, mm -hmm. and then I built the audience that followed the type of material that I was doing. Yep. And then it was mean more meaningful to me, and then I was building an audience that was more appreciating it as opposed to, you know, Pleasing everyone. Pleasing everyone. And, and not having like your own yeah. 
kind of like niche group, yeah. which is really cool. I always love that. Yeah. Like there's certain people that you see like Bill Burr and all these people who have like very niche type of audience where yeah. they like his anger and they like his stuff yeah. that's like aggressive. And I think with, if he was just an open micer, nobody would laugh. They're like, oh, he's just yeah. an angry guy. But he built that audience and built that fan base and yeah. he's an amazing, he's my favorite comedian yeah. out there right now. Um, and I think that, yeah, super meaningful to like yeah. build your own audience versus being like I can pan to everyone, yeah. which which is great too. Yeah, but yeah. you know it's like how Bill Hicks, you know, mm-hmm. you know he, you know he was able to find an area he was appreciated in in London and everything, and then he would come back to the states and have to play. Yeah, these, you know, huge the UFO tours and stuff yep. like that. Yep, yeah, very different. Um, so 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 do you journal? <laughs> yes, yeah, so let's talk about journaling. Yeah. I do journal and I also do write. Okay. Um, and they're two different things. Yeah. So um, journaling is um, about um, getting um, the thoughts down that you're dealing with. I'm going to give you a journaling exercise okay. to do. Okay. And you can tell me, you can DM me and tell me how, I will. how this works. I will, for you. yeah. So um, one thing that works for me. Uh, being bipolar Mm -hmm. as a catch is I may um, choose a person that's my firewall and if I catch myself about to behave in a certain way I may say "Uh oh that's like so-and-so I don't want to act that way Mm. and that works as a as a as a firewall for me Mm -hmm. for my behavior to catch myself Mm -hmm. so this is the journaling exercise. Okay. I'm going to say, who's someone who has behavior yeah. that you don't want to emulate okay. in your day-to-day routines that's your firewall and why? Okay. So that's the first thing you have to journal. Okay. Now here's the twist. Okay. What about that person's personality do you do respect and mm. you can learn from? Because right. we can learn something from everyone out there. 100%. Yeah. And do you find see? And I will do that because there's certain yeah. Because I'm going through stuff, some stuff right now yeah. that I I think um, I've always learned too that sometimes the things that I don't like about other people yeah. are what I see myself. Which yeah. you know most people should learn about that. It's very yeah. true, like projecting and stuff yeah. like that. Um, so so yeah. uh, what I mainly learned journaling, uh, used journaling for was uh, I had a ton of triggers. Mm. Um, so what I would do is repeatedly go through the events and go through them and go through them. And um, when when you're journaling, you're not trying to be, um, you know, Virginia Woolf or Ernest Hemingway or anything like that. You're just telling it emotionally as it's coming, pouring out of you. Right. This is not something that's going to see print or the light of day mm-hmm. uh, for anyone that's hearing this for the first time mm-hmm. um and um so i would do a circle of these triggering event journals to um kind of depower them mm. and take away the impact of them so if something would uh continually give me night terrors because mm-hmm. that's something i was dealing with yeah um, I would journal about that. Okay. And and what was it, and and go through it, and just kind of, you know. And, did it, and when you journal, and you you kind yeah. of went through it, did you realize kind of what was the root of that was from the journaling? Yeah. 
Really? Yeah, it's kind of like okay. the uh, what's the Harry Potter thing uh, with the, the the cabinet and the creature. I um, am uh, so bad with any movie. Okay, like well, if you DM DM us, um, <laughs> you get you get a famous no prize. Too bad it's not live. Yeah, yeah we if, can't if you DM us after watching this, you get a famous no prize to quote Stanley. Um, yeah, but. So you think that you are able to find that like kind of yes. like like underlying thing, yeah. and I think for me, um, and I talked about this with Maddie in the yeah. last episode, is that a lot of times, uh, just figuring out what yeah. it is yeah. almost removes it. Yeah, because it's just knowing what's causing it, and then once you just once you know it, then you have the awareness to stop it. Yeah. So for me, that's like a huge thing. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, do you want to talk about, I know we like took a break, do you want to talk about like what your manic states are kind of like or like what happened during them or? Yeah, yeah. I can talk about like um, last night. I was in a bit of a manic state last night okay. where um, my wife was concerned. Really? You know, why? I came around, you know, uh, I came home and was um, very up and high and it's kind of like you don't have that um catch for your behavior um and the boundaries of your behavior mm. is what manic state is okay so it's okay. it's like almost being so you just it, feel jittery you I, you feel like on and you feel like like you know you're in like an ace ventura mode okay I, am i giving another movie a reference kind of not i've seen that but not too well <laughs> yeah. um okay i mean i've had states like that before yeah. but i don't think they're like too much i've also like i used to take adhd medication so yeah. i know that kind of like yeah hyper kind of feeling yeah and um, then um and then it just takes one thing to snap you out of that Really? High, high. Okay. And then you just fall to the lowest low. Really? Just one thing, and then you're just, you're a puddle. And did that happen or no? It didn't. Luckily, I I caught it, and I know, like, some different tricks to, okay. like, oh, I'm not doing self-care. I didn't eat properly today. Okay. I'm going to go have a meal. Hmm. You know? That's interesting that you can kind of, like, wind yeah. yourself down yeah. from that... Well, my thought is when I'm, and I, I can't speak for, you know, being bipolar because yeah. I, I've, I have, I'm diagnosed with major depressive disorder. Yeah. Um, but I think, uh, for me, at least when I'm super, super depressed, I really am like, how can I get out of this? Like, yeah. how can I, blah, blah, blah. But I think when you're manic, like, do you not have that same thought though? Do you kind of like, like it or like? Uh, I used to love it. Yeah. Uh, like in high school, I was manic most of the time. Really? And then in college, it was depressed, and I was like, "When, when's the happy coming back? And mm, I didn't, at, yeah. at the time, I didn't know that it was extremes. And oh, I was but. like, in college, I was always like, when's the happy coming back? When's right. the happy coming back? And I just didn't know I was right. bipolar. You just thought I it was, was how you therapy. felt. Yeah. You said to like go through life yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so you, you've been in therapy for, you said, five years? I, no, I've been in therapy for um, over five years. Okay. I've been on medication for five years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, I was in therapy for a little bit before that. The first therapist didn't work, uh, and I'd like to give that you note. Know, I always say, if you feel 
the therapist isn't working out, mm-hmm. it's okay to go and start with another therapist. Oh, and have you ever done Have you ever done that? Yeah, I did, I did do that. Yeah. Okay, and why, why was that? I've done that too. I just want to know your reasoning. Um, it, it was a um, style of therapy that wasn't, I, you know, I needed something that was going to do more exposures. Okay. And I, I did exposure therapy. Yeah, and that's what I'm currently in, where I'm doing exposure. Really? Okay, can we talk there. about it? Yeah. Okay. Well, because I, I was going to say we should talk about changing therapists, which is always, like, an option. Well, let's, I mean, we can talk about both. But, okay. Yeah. So, okay. So, what what are your exposures currently? Are uh, you in a program right now? Uh, no, but I, I'm not in a program, but one of the programs I, I was in was doing exposures. Okay. And, and what and what were your exposures, if you don't mind sharing? Uh, oh, this is so exciting. I've yeah. never had somebody on that's done exposures except yeah. me. Okay. So, um... Let me think. Now I would do, like, different exposures and stuff like that. What's one I would do? Um, So uh, I hate driving. Really? Yeah. Okay. I hate driving. So driving is a huge exposure for me. Really? Mm -hmm. Is it... Is it the anxiety and fear of others around you? Oh, or what is everything. It? It's everything? Abs- yeah. Absolutely well, I mean, everything about a car okay. is, you know, the, the vehicle mm. is an exposure. You never know what's going to happen with, if you want to see me at my worst state, mm. if you want to see the whole spectrum of me being a car with me. Mm-hmm. My wife does most of the driving. Okay, okay. So a full... A full, um, like up, down, everything. It, yep, is, yep. Yeah, I hundred so, percent yeah, feel that. So, so like, do you? So, so a lot of people don't know about exposure therapy. Yeah. It's like kind of a newer thing. I'm having somebody on who was actually yeah. in the same program as me. We yeah. didn't know it, but yeah, uh, they're also a comedian. So, yeah. and we figured out we went. We both went to yeah. Rogers facility, which yeah. is pretty dope. But I was wondering because a lot of exposures is incremental yeah but a lot of times like your exposures are you have to get through life you have to drive yeah. at some yeah. point right yeah. especially if you have a car so jealous honestly yeah. <laughs> um but what does that look like for you is it incremental or you just kind of do you decide to drive something do you go for a drive or like decide like oh i need to be here maybe i'll drive and do an exposure like how does that work for you it is um having someone safe in the car with you. Okay, so you don't go alone. I don't go alone. Okay. Um, someone that's not going to yell at you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the, the worst thing that ever happened was during the during the process was we were, it was uh, holiday shopping. Yeah. And Jen was like, I have to I have to run to an appointment, and she handed me the keys to the car, and she says, Here, you have to just drop me off and go. And I couldn't get the car going. I couldn't figure out the car. Like technology now, now the cars are becoming smarter than yeah. we are. Yeah. I'm a technophobe. You couldn't figure out how to, like, to turn it I on? I couldn't or? figure out how to turn, turn it on. It was just coasting. Oh, my God. And I just kind of like put the brake on and called her and made her come back. Oh, my God. Okay. And I was just like... And then we, we parked the car, and then I... Th- want to say this was during the time period where there was the like I fell down shortly after that and mm. couldn't get up okay yeah that's a lot it's rough yeah like I, yeah I, I, like I was walking and I fell down and she was walking <sighs> away she turned the corner and I, I asked a couple I said can you call can you call yeah 
I need that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, so okay, so what are some of your other exposures besides that? That obviously seems like a big one for I, you. Let me think of another one. Because it's been a while since I've been doing exposures, because most of the exposures were yeah. five years ago and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, I, yeah, don't, yeah. I don't want to tell anyone else's. Yeah. Um, sometimes exposures were... Um, doing uh, su- submissions so now that I'm doing writing and doing the submission process and things like that putting myself out there and things like that as opposed to just oh not... being like introverted yeah. and things like that yeah okay so is this like kind of an exposure for you uh this is an exposure but okay. um doing a um Doing the short story writing and submitting the work is God, because submissions. Are, that's what you meant. Su- okay, yeah, submissions. Okay, because you are constantly um, writing, uh, getting stuff back, and I'm always checking the um, email, email, and stuff like that. So oh, to not, I check. Oh, refresh, refresh, refresh. Yeah, that was my so best get, getting yeah. that, and, and then um, how I handle. Um, that and to take the learning to take the ego yep out of that process 100 and that's smart i mean yeah. the ego taking out the ego is yeah. hard but it's the but it's yeah. the biggest part of it so um i i have exposed to yeah. like submissions for me is almost like yeah the equivalent of a submission for you would probably for me and, and exposure for me would probably be uh, dealing with feedback from people who have seen my stand-up, right? Because yeah. it's like the same process of like putting all your vulnerability out there yeah. and then someone coming back with you being like, I, I didn't like it or yeah. I did like it and then kind of dealing with that. Yeah. And how I deal with that, I don't know if this is similar for you, but I use a lot of positive reframes where it's like, I I, I started comedy when I was in a good place purposely so that I yeah. wouldn't have to like go through that and yeah. be in a horrible place. But like, for example, there was a woman who... Um, walked out in one of my shows. Yeah. I talked about this on the podcast, but she walked out because I was talking about suicide and yeah. then the joke crushed and I got like an applause break and everything. And she uh, got up and left and then yelled at me and told me I should never talk about suicide and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Like, red, like she was seeing red, like red in yeah. her face. And I told myself, um, this is her personal problem. This has nothing to do with me. Yeah. Um, I wasn't bashing anybody. Yeah. Everybody else liked it. You don't, know, you don't, know, it. What, you don't know what someone's walking in the room with. Exactly. And so for me, that's like kind of how I deal with it is like positive reframes in terms of like, don't yeah. take this personally. This person didn't like it. You know, yeah. there's a difference between constructive criticism. Like I didn't like it because, and then just like straight up yeah. aggressiveness and yelling. And so uh, positive affirmations helps me with that. And yeah. reframes. I'm sure these are yeah. all therapy terms, but yeah. I, is, what what helps you when you get a bad submission or something you don't hear back from her? Yeah, one of the, some of the things that help with the positive reframing of what's the actuality right. of the situation mm-hmm. is a good phrase. Yep. Um, what, 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 I'm trying to think of a good way when all else fails, think of how, how Jenna phrases things. Who's my wife? Uh, uh-huh. If you're coming in the middle of the podcast, <laughs> yeah. What's the actuality of that? Um, is is a good good thing? Yeah, hundred um, percent. You know, um, what's what's the rationality? Right. Of that. Thinking of it logically. Yeah. What's the logic? Being like everything yeah. is okay. Yeah. I will be okay. It's not yeah. the end of the world. Yeah. And just looking at it, just yeah. like very. Blankly. Yeah, and sometimes you have to, through this process where we're all a little bit 
uh, thinking on the right brain, we have to learn to think left brain a little bit more. Creative. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe there being some math problems in the paper. I know, in the, in the journal. The yeah. um, okay, so before we, before we wrap up, I just want to ask you, um, what, what gets you over that hump of exposure? Because a lot of people, when I talk to yeah. them, they're like, I could never look at a spider and think this was going to help me in some way. Yeah. Um, and for me, what helped me get over the hump of that was that, like, this will improve my life and my quality of life, yeah. and it's not that bad. What, what, what makes you submit something? Um, it's knowing that I have a goal for where I want to be, for what I'm trying to do for quality. Right. If I want to create something meaningful uh-huh. to get to the next level, and it's again to go back to Fr- uh, Victor Frankel. Yeah. If I'm, and most of the writing I'm doing is just for art therapy. Okay. Um, most okay. of the pieces are about um, mental health awareness and relationships. That's great. So if it's about um, creating and getting the work to that next level. Mm-hmm. And I need to kind of build a support bridge for yeah. that by having it in some magazines yeah. to get it to a wider audience to get a message out. One right. of the reasons I wanted to do the podcast yeah. was to say to people that are seeing me, you know, it's okay to talk about not being okay. Right. Um, what, your bracelets yeah, that's what my, you know, from uh, know. Hope for the Day. Um, yeah. I got a pin that says that yeah. it's shipping right now, yeah. so I'm waiting on that. Um, I'll, I'll let, you know, if we're wrapping up. Yeah, uh, yeah. we're, yeah, we're, I'll, we're I'll, I'll end with this. When I went inpatient, they uh-huh. make you fill out a form of who can you talk to uh-huh. when you're not right. in a good place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than family, the people I put on that list were not there for me. But as I spoke about it, who came out there for me came out from the woodwork because mm. I spoke out. Mm. And they were people that I barely knew and are in my team. Right. You, you got to form a team when you do this. You got you got to be honest yeah. and you have a, mm-hmm. have a support t- system. That's great. And, and Jenna would be like, I never knew why you hung out with that person. Now I know. Right. Or like oh, it was 100%. one person that, that like I knew yeah. a friend of a friend that heard and he's like, I'm up all, all the time oh, writing. Yeah. If you can't sleep, give me a call. No, that's the best. Yeah. It is great. And I think um, that that's super important in terms of like people can't read your mind, right? Yeah. They're not going to know what you're going through unless you say it, which is super hard. But then to know that people will be there for yeah. you if you say something. Where can people find you? Instagram? Oh, Instagram. Uh, Dominic. Uh, D-O-M-I-N-O, I think I'd be able to spell my name, D-O-M-I-N-I-C <laughs> underscore lives. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a reason I chose that. Yeah. Uh, at Instagram. Uh-huh. And then... Um, like short stories? Do you have anything n- published? You like- know, I I am not uh, there yet, but mm-hmm. I'm exposing... But more exposure uh, via, More, more exposure there. <laughs> through expo- I, I'm not done exposing myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Thank you so much, yeah, everybody. Thanks. Please remember to like subscribe, rate, review. Thank you for watching Doing Tide.